celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And everyone is in place, uh, minus Joey Villani, of course, but Dr. Debbie's in place with her Pepsi One and a straw inside of it, <laughs> uh, ready to answer your calls. This, uh, excuse me, next hour, we're going to have James Giuliani on if you're an old listener of Animal Radio or a young old listener of Animal Radio. He was on a couple of years ago. He had a TV show, I believe, on Oprah's network mm-hmm. before it went went under. Uh, but now he has a brand new book out. He was a mobster, worked with Gotti, some real bad dudes, I tell you. He was addicted to drugs, and he was on the verge of suicide, and a dog changed his life. And he'll be telling us about that uh, in a couple of hours, or within the next couple of hours right here on Animal Radio. We're going to go to your phone calls first. Hi, Laura. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Where are you today? Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Where am I? Yes. I'm in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Hey, that's a very beautiful, good scheme. I bet. Do you ski? Uh, I'm a horse person. You're a horse, so you like the summers You can there. still ski, though. That's still allowed. I, uh, <laughs> I won't tell you what my last name is. No, I do not ski. Okay, well, it are wouldn't you... wouldn't be good advertising. Are, are your horses okay? They're great. Okay, so you, got, you must have a dog. I have a dog question. Okay. Okay. For Dr. Debbie. Um, several months ago, I happened to hear... Uh, one or two sentences as I was getting back into my car because I listen to you religiously on Saturdays. And, uh, well, thank you. I heard one or two, yes, I heard one or two sentences of someone describing symptoms that my 14 year old blue healer had. And it just all of a sudden dawned on me. We had been watching her kind of go downhill, not rapidly, but, um, oh, since she's been about 12. And the vet had looked at her. And we'd done some um, x-rays on her belly, and she had some motility issues. But she was getting real pot-bellied, and um, he just really sort of prepared me that she probably had cancer and was going to die within by that winter, which was several, mm-hmm. several years ago now. She's now 14. She didn't die. And I heard this call that you had, and it, the description that they were giving sounded exactly like my dog and it she has Cushing's disease Hmm. Mm, okay okay and we've been dealing with that not because not with any medications I've confirmed it with the doctor in that you know he was the one who diagnosed her earlier and thought she was probably having some kind of a cancer issue Mm -hmm. and he knows the dog well and and uh, said yeah it's probably that since it's gone on and on she's had the other symptoms She's had hair loss that, and hair that won't grow back. Um, okay. She's had all of the classic water drinking, all those things. I began to study a little bit about it. But now she has begun to drastically lose weight. And her diet has not changed. Nothing has changed. I haven't changed her food. As a matter of fact, I have added um, canned dog food to her um, food. Okay. And uh, to increase, to try to help her to keep from losing weight. And I'm wondering if that is a progression of this disease, which I couldn't find anything saying that it was. She's also lost muscle mass, getting very weak. And I don't know whether she's just aging or whether this is a progression of that disease and there's anything I can do for her. 
Okay. So I wanted just to double check. You said your vet confirmed the diagnosis, but did did we do any actual testing or was it just we, based we off of not, more? No, we did not do testing. I mean, she is, um, that was just about three months ago and she is an aging dog. So he did, we did talk about doing testing only that sometimes it's, it's a hard disease to treat and uh, she was doing well enough just maintaining okay. every everything um, for for an old dog, okay. and uh, so that's where we left it. All righty. So, um, just for review's sake, um, for Cushing's disease, this is a disease that affects a dog's ability to produce cortisone in normal amounts. And dogs with Cushing's produce too much of the body's cortisone, and it causes a lot of side effects with drinking a lot, peeing a lot, panting. Uh, we can see weight gain into a pot belly appearance, hair loss, which is kind of smooth and symmetrical over the body. They can have some muscle weakness associated with it. Um, and I'd have to say, in your situation, Laura, I'm a little concerned that this doesn't sound like straightforward Cushing's. Really? Some of the concerns here would be that Cushing's patients don't usually lose weight. The right. situations where they would lose weight are very rare, and those are usually ones that have more of an actual tumor that's progressing in the brain, in the pituitary gland. They can tend to have some other neurologic problems, but the average dog with Cushing's disease gains weight. They don't lose it. So right. I'm, I guess, you know, as long as the signs sound like Cushing's, yeah, it could be. Cushing's disease is the great impersonator of endocrine diseases in dogs. So. It sounds like, yeah, it could be that, but we also would say liver disease, cancers, uh, other types of hormone problems can still cause these same signs. So I know she's an old gal, but I'd say it might be worthwhile to do a little bit of some looking, at least at some baseline blood work, and then see. But yes, you're right, that it is a hard diagnosis because it does take a lot of more detailed or advanced uh, test for Cushing's disease. And, uh, you know, there is some treatment out there that isn't all that hard on dogs. And um, in the old days, we used to treat with a drug called Lysadrin, and that's all we had in our arsenal. Um, uh-huh. But there is a, a drug that's newer, and it's called Trilistine. It's generally well-tolerated, um, and knock on wood, I have not had dogs that have had really bad reactions with it. It's much more well-tolerated, and it gives great effects. So okay. um, I, I would say, you know, I know she's in her golden years, but um, this definitely doesn't sound like something I would just kind of dismiss as our typical Cushing's um, situation. Well, that's what I was thinking, because it, it all of a sudden, I mean, it's just been with over within the last, Two or three months, she's just begun to lose weight. Where she lost that, she looked like a little potbelly pig, <laughs> yep, you know, before yep. she. And and the the X-rays did show motility issues. This was about three years ago when she started showing some signs of this. Although we mm-hmm. didn't call it Cushing's, and we didn't we didn't know what to call it. We did, and we still don't really. We saw no tumors or anything like that. And she mm-hmm. had been following a a bail wagon. Um, so we we thought she had just eaten too many mice, but that kind of started a spiral for her, and 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 changes began then. Okay. Well, okay. you need to get to the vet and get some baseline uh, blood work done. It sounds okay. like. Okay. I right. appreciate your call today, and thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Uh, hey, Carrie. I have a shepherd Akita. He's about uh, eleven years old. In the last maybe four months or so, sort of getting progressively worse. He's um, started going to the bathroom on the floor. He'll poop on the floor, and mm-hmm. um, and he's got two two metal knees. We had two different 
knee replacements for the back. So at first I thought it was that he didn't want to go, have to go down the steps in the back to go out to the yard. And it was just sort of a, this is my preference. I'd rather not go out, but mm-hmm. um, he'll, he'll go on his bed now and it's gotten worse. So it's more than once a day and it sort of, he'll stand up and then start moving. And it's almost like he doesn't know what's going to happen. And then mm-hmm. it does. And so I don't know if it's, because he's in pain or if there's something else going on or what I should do. Okay. Well, and for the knee surgeries he's had, did he have ruptured ligaments in his knees? Um, he had, oh, I forget the name of the surgery. It's like the three-letter acronym, something TPLO? replacement. So he had, he tore okay. his meniscus and, okay. yeah. um, and then just like threw out his knee completely. So they had to, yeah, they had to like rebuild the joint. Okay. So yeah, that's further down. So not likely to be relating to um, continence problems. And and I will be honest, he is in an age where we do sometimes see age-related incontinence issues. And some of them we can't do a lot for medically. The ones that we may be able to help and to, to help manage are those that are going to be based upon some kind of pain or discomfort that we can better control. So when, um, when I have a dog that's um, kind of having fecal incontinence, the first thing I like to do is take an x-ray of the lower spine area, kind of the hips and the lower spine. And the reason mm-hmm. is, is that if we have any kind of disc narrowing, any kind of spinal disease, then I can say, aha, we might be able to manage your pet's discomfort, even if he's not crying, um, with different medications or other therapies. So for lower spine disease, I have kind of a whole gamut of things that I'll pull out. Um, mm-hmm. One of them would be pain medicines like gabapentin or tramadol. Um, they can be helpfully with nerve-derived pain. Um, I, I actually, in my office, we started using a therapeutic laser and had some phenomenal results with treating um, pets with arthritis in the spine or other joints or what have you. And, and that's something that, just like with people, it can definitely help decrease inflammation mm-hmm. and improve mobility. And then there's other traditional, you know, non-steroidal pain relievers, things like that. But that would be the first kind of direction I would look at to see if he's a candidate for that kind of thing. I hope that helps you. That does. Thank you very much. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And Cable with your real dogs doing amazing things watch. Probably didn't know this, but during World War One, pit bulls were revered. They were on all the war posters, and the dog and the little rascals is a pit bull. It seems like every decade has its vilified dogs. I remember back in the 70s, I think it was Dobermans, and then in the 80s it was Shepherds, and then in the 90s it was Rottweilers. It's been pit bulls for a long time now. 
So here's a real stray pit bull who did an amazing thing. The dog was walking down the street in a small Georgia town when a man whipped out a knife while arguing with a woman. Responding police officers gave the dog the name Hero, and rightfully so. After he was able to fend off the predator so that the woman could actually escape. In the process, Hero was stabbed by the guy with the knife five times. Hero's now at a pet adoption agency in Tennessee called Fighting for the Bullies. Some lucky person's going to be able to take him home in just a couple of weeks. Hey, listen up. Whenever we talk about something on Animal Radio, it's because we use that product and we're happy about it and we want to share it with you. And that's why I share WizSmart. So here's the difference. If you use pee pads, you know that those thin, cheap pee pads always leak. They leave a wet mess behind. Your dog walks in it, tracks it all over the house. That is not the case with WizSmart's pee pads. Our stunt studio dog, Pixel, has been uh, using them actually since uh, since day one. They're ultra thick. They work overtime up to 24 hours. They they hold eight cups of, uh, well, whatever you want to pour on it. <laughs> they have a leak-proof design, and they use upcycled materials from deconstructed unused diapers. And let's not forget about the sticky tabs. On all four corners, they have these sticky tabs. And what you can do is you can stick them to the floor yeah. so they don't move around. Or you can take them for your little male puppy and stick it to the wall so that if your dog lifts his leg, you're fully covered. It'll absorb it right then and there. How clever is that? I know. They thought about everything. I've only had uh, female dogs, but I didn't think about that. Boy dogs pee up against the way they lift their leg. and they So this actually goes up the side of the wall. And, and you stick it. This will make a world of difference for you and your puppy. Now, we're using it for a puppy, but this is also good for senior dogs or dogs that are ill, or in the winter if you live in a winter state. Yeah, what about if you live in a high-rise apartment? These are great. You don't want to be going up and down all day long. Remember, you don't want your pet to hold it in for so long when you're not home. There's actually potential health risks associated with dogs holding their pee. Uh, Urinary tract infections, stones, and even some really bad behavior problems. Wizsmart.com is the website. How do you spell that? Oh, yeah, W-I-Z. S-M-A-R-T dot com. Hey, y'all. It's Lisa Matassa, and you're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Did they just win this? Oh, wow. I, I've never seen the picture before. You say this is viral? Well, that dog, I've seen pictures of that dog over the past couple years. You've huh? never seen that picture? Quasimodo. Yeah. Have you the seen ugly the dog. Have you yeah. seen it? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's uh, this dog's been around for. Is that spina bifida? What is it that the dog has? It's missing part of its spine. I, I believe so. I actually I haven't I haven't kept up with a specific diagnosis on this dog, but yeah, he has some deformities. Yeah. I think he's missing vertebrae or is that it? He looks. Yeah. He looks. Uh, the back end looks like a hyena. Yeah, he does. And he's a hunchback. Obviously, the name mm-hmm. Quasimodo, and he just won the world's ugliest dog in the Sonoma Marin oh, Fair yay. in Petaluma, California. That's a regular. Uh, fair that they have every year up but you there. know it's always the hairless that wins with the time and this is the out. first time that hairless didn't win i know it's about time they had another ugly dog okay <laughs> and when, we, when we say ugly, a genuinely ugly dog yeah we don't mean ugly oh he's I adorable i would take him in a second and they will pick up fifteen hundred dollars as well as a, a full makeover wow. on the jimmy kimmel live show and uh did they travel were they from florida or so i think they traveled to come yeah to this i think concert? so yeah, and they're going to go to New York and San Francisco. And, uh, wow. 
There you go. So congratulations to Quasimodo for turning ugly into a prize. Uh, Coming up next hour, James Giuliani. He's a mob guy, or he was a mob guy. Worked with Gotti. I mean, some real bad dudes. He was heavy duty. And he's crossed over to the good side. I don't know how you leave the mob. Don't they, like, out you if you try to leave or something like that? I don't know. I thought the same thing. But he's turned his life around, and he has a a book out, and he's opened a pet boutique, and it's kind of neat. Dog grooming. He's got his own sanctuary. These little cute dogs. I think he has birds. I think he has cats, all kinds of animals. And he's uh, Don't forget the ducks. And the ducks. That's next hour right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones first for your calls. Hi, Michelle. Hi there. How are you today? Very good. Where are you? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. Always humid there. Uh, in the summer, yes. How are your pets today? I got Dr. Debbie right here. Yeah, Hi, Michelle. Hi there. Hi there. Um, the only the issue I'm having, we have a lot of them. We have six dogs. We foster a lot. And our latest foster that has come in, she eats Every, not everything, but like she's devoured a half of a rug and swallows it. She doesn't just chew it and throw it out. And wow. one night, she regurgitated two huge piles of foam rubber. She yeah. evidently got a huge piece of foam rubber, and it was not even, you know, it was like she ripped and swallowed. It was in whole pieces. Okay, will, wow. Um, any hard rubber toy, she'll eat it and swallow it. So the only thing I'm allowing her to have right now are mylar bones. Okay, and what does she do with those? Oh, she just chews on like the other dogs. Okay, so she doesn't actually ingest pieces of that then? Well, you know, I'm sure she does, but it takes a long time to get a little piece off of it. So So it holds up pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it holds up very well. Yeah, she doesn't get big chunks. I'm afraid she's going to have an obstruction or something one day. Yeah, how long has she been with you? She's probably been with us maybe um, maybe a month. Okay. And what kind of she's dog is she? A, uh, she's a part husky. And she also has, a, she also is obsessive with licking. Licking uh, herself or licking other things uh, in her uh, environment? Uh, me, me, my husband, just <laughs> the hands, the legs, the clothes, everything. Lick, 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 lick. You know. Oh, yes. So this gal, she's got a high oral fixation. So she she um, definitely, and, and huskies have a lot of energy. So we have a couple things that I would really direct you worth working on her. Um, one is that um, getting her as tired as possible. Uh, an exhausted, physically exerted dog is less apt to look to um, behavior issues. Um, they're not as bored. Um, so I really try to get dogs that do this into some very strenuous physical activity, um, playing ball. Um, you know, some dogs do wonderful going to doggy daycare where they interact and run with the dogs all day. Frisbee, something where we actually get her and try to just exhaust her. Um, because then you may not have that same desire to go looking around the environment and picking up and chewing on things. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever catch her actually in the act of yes. chewing on things? Yes, yes. Yeah, and I tell her okay. no, the rug, the rug especially. I'd say probably two, one-third to, to, yeah, about a third of it's gone. She'll sneak in there, and she'll do it again. And if we catch her, because we, we hear the slurping, and I'll get up and run <laughs> oh, in there, gosh. and she's in the middle of doing it, and there are no remnants anywhere. So it's about a third of it's gone, yeah, and it's just that one rug. It's not okay. every rug in the house, you know. 
Well, fortunately, because that would be cost a, a mint in uh, carpeting there. Well, I think one big thing then, and it's probably very apparent, is that um, to keep her physically um, blocked off from that area. Because um, the more that she has that access and chews on that thing, that creates a sense of a positive reinforcement. She's finding some pleasure in that, uh, whether it's the pleasure of tearing and feeling that on her teeth or if it's just the sense of you catching her and then you yell at her and then she gets some attention in that way. So um, we need to make sure that we don't give her that access and that we don't inadvertently, by yelling at her, make this a a greater problem and compound that further. Um, And then... You have the right idea with the bones, with the mylar bones. Um, and I would definitely look at, you know, some of the other types of, uh, I'm a fan of, uh, the compressed rawhides. Um, they're not, you know, they'll, they'll eat them, but uh, they do last a long time. And especially a dog that has got a, a huge desire to chew gives them an outlet. Um, I always do that supervised, uh, you know, where your, your eye can kind of watch and make sure when it gets down to smaller pieces that you can take that away from them. Um, so those are going to be the strategies that I'd really look at is keeping the access down, getting her physically tired and exhausted, and then giving her that positive um, uh, direction on what she can chew on um, and seeing if that can kind of tie things together. And then hopefully with a little bit of time and acclimating into the home, she'll follow suit with the other um, pets and uh, you know find a nice routine. Um, but you definitely need to nip this in the bud now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-472-0658. 800-472-0658. That's 800-472-0658. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. You know when you're job hunting... Boy, when you score a job that has a good benefits package, that is the best. And now we find out that pet health insurance is one of the fastest growing employee perks in a benefit package these days. Not all companies, you know, allow our four-legged friends in the workplace, but one in three Fortune 500 companies do now offer pet insurance as what they call a voluntary benefit. Some companies are subsidizing a percentage of their employees' cost, with several companies out there, in fact, now paying as much as 100% of their employees' pet insurance premiums. Isn't that great? Plan options and premiums, they say, can vary, but they start at about 10 bucks a month. And many companies, they say, allow employees the opportunity to pay their premiums via payroll deduction. So it's really nothing out of your wallet. It is the season for summer vacations at the beach, but do keep in mind there's some new research out that shows great whites and other sharks travel on what they call ocean highways. Mapping out these routes is enabling scientists these days to better understand the behavior of sharks and to improve conservation tactics. Ongoing research is showing how busy both the sharks and these highways they travel can be. The sharks do show what they say is repeated traveling signs along the same general paths and that's pretty amazing since they you know they say there are a few road signs out there in the open ocean but as far as sharks knowing where to go well it's thought that sharks use the earth's magnetic field to navigate kind of like what birds do 
And Big Tree Nursery up in Minnesota had a pretty special day recently. It introduced its new mascot, a crow to the public. The two-month-old bird named Muerte became part of the nursery team a few months ago when employees unknowingly cut down the tree that he was living in, and then they had to get special permission from the State Department of Natural Resources in order to keep the crow. But Morty is now doing fabulous. He's loving his new life with the other animals at the Big Tree Nursery, and they say his favorite friend appears to be the nursery's German Shepherd, who takes Morty around the nursery for rides on his back. How cute is that? I'm Lori Brooks. Be sure to get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey, this is Big Ant from Rescue Inc. Remember, spay and neuter your animal and abuses are losers. Now back to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, Let's see. We have Michael on the phone. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. It's such an honor to be talking to you folks. I was waiting all day to talk to you. Well, it's an honor to speak to you. What's going on? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Lamita, California. It's the South Bay, Palos Verdes, Los Angeles area. Oh, you must be listening on coast then. How can we help well, you? Yeah? Actually, I have your iPhone radio app that uh-huh. we have internet radio that I listen to. Well, my question is basically uh, last year I had a 14-year-old uh, chihuahua dog, and his name was Polo, and he went blind for about six months before he passed on. So my question for you, we have the sister, uh, Bette, she's 15 years old, and I buy dog vitamins and supplements and everything else that I do for our dogs and stuff like that. I was wondering if there's something on the market, eye drops, a nutrient, or something that I can buy to help prevent blindness or to help out with my dogs when they get older and for the eyesight and everything else, because it was three months that was... It was a tough time for us because, as you know, when a dog goes blind, it's really tough feeding Mm -hmm. them and everything else, and there's a whole lot of care. So I want to see if there's something I can be proactive, that's all. Okay, well, great question. Now, the the answer to this question is really going to depend on your dog's eye condition and what led to the blindness because there are many causes of loss of vision in dogs, and how we answer this is going to really depend on what your pet had diagnosed. So did you see the veterinarian about the loss of vision? Did they come up with an answer on that? I didn't go to a vet. I went on the internet. Actually, we've had dogs all my life for like 30 some odd years. Uh, we've had all kinds of different breeds. We never had one that go blind. And we just figured that basically since you went blind, I went on the net and Oh, stop. You you consulted with Dr. Google before your professional yeah, I know, veterinarian. I, I know that about it. <laughs> okay. Well, you're coming Google. clean. You're right. <laughs> okay. So, but in order to help your, your current dog, that would really be an important thing. So I would recommend starting first with a good veterinary exam. And if your regular veterinarian did see something that they didn't feel comfortable with, then we might refer you to an ophthalmologist. But it is really important to get an idea what the cause of the blindness is, because we can have um, cataracts that can develop either from age or things like diabetes, 
Um, we can have high blood pressure cause retinal detachment. We can have uveitis, a whole um, class of different diseases that can cause inflammation inside the eye. Um, and even glaucoma, which is an increase in eye pressure, which can cause uh, retinal detachment and blindness. So because there are all these different potential causes, um, getting an eyeball on your dog's eyeball is going to be really step one to try to answer that question and what we would do to prevent that. And if we had some of those different kinds of concerns, I can tell you there is some research um, looking at a type of eye drop with pets diagnosed with early onset diabetic cataracts that can, um, there's hope that that may help slow the progression or stop the development of cataracts if the pet has diabetes. Um, but that's really still in research. And um, again, we'd have to have a specific diagnosis to see if that might work for your pet. Um, so I'm going to say at this point, I'm not going to necessarily recommend any supplements or vitamins. I think your best um, effort and your best possible helping your dog is really to, to see your veterinarian to see if we need to be addressing something. Because something like high blood pressure, it's so common in older dogs and cats, and it can lead to sudden blindness. And if we know about it in advance, we can use medications, pills, just like with people, to control that blood pressure and, and to maintain vision and avoid that loss of vision. So there's so many different variables here, Michael. I would say, yeah, I, I I don't have a great answer for you other than, um, you know, put your Dr. Google reference away. <laughs> it's all right. You know what? I have a fantastic vet. Uh, the dogs go for the checkups every other year when we do their shots and stuff. Okay. Hey, Michael, I'm going to correct you on something else. So your vaccinations may be staggered at those intervals of every year or every other year. But in a senior pet, they need to see a veterinarian at least once a year, preferably every six months. And this goes for dogs and cats really over seven years of age. And so there's so much more that your veterinarian is going to want to look at and talk to you about than just vaccinations. And in this class of age group of dogs, if we don't see them but every other year, we are missing a lot of opportunities to catch things when they're early or to talk about preventative steps that you should be taking at this time. So I wouldn't wait. I would talk to your veterinarian and really schedule something now. Absolutely. I mean, you know how things are. We're all busy in life. And I have a bunch of seniors and you know what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and make an appointment next week and have that day looked at and stuff like that. And we got a great vet. Great. And that's so important is that you have a good relationship with your veterinarian and you can share those concerns because I think that, and you know, and Hal, Judy, I think this is kind of the changing trend yeah. in veterinary medicine. It isn't all about vaccines. It's really about the relationship and what kind of things does my pet, uh, what are we going to encounter that I need to know about it? And, and yeah. really seeing them on a regular basis is key. So every six months after seven years old, huh? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Really should have a wellness exam. Okay. Hey, Michael, hey, thanks for calling today. We appreciate it. And thanks for listening on the Animal Radio app from the L.A. area. Uh, don't forget Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They're over at uh, Kindle. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, it's Alec Cable with today's dog tip. So you've done your homework, you're ready to make an incredible commitment, and get yourself a puppy. You know the responsibility you're taking on, and you've thought long and hard about what kind of puppy you want, and how best to pick him or her out. Or did you? When I met my lady, my last dog was a well-behaved, well-socialized, grown adult. He passed, and she wanted a puppy. I tried to prepare her for the storm that was coming. She said she understood, and so a very lucky stroke. My neighbors got together, a lab and a shepherd, and they had puppies. Now, this was great, because it enabled me to do some 
incredible preparation and homework. Firstly, I could observe the puppies as often as I wanted, and when they got older, I could take a couple at a time and visit my backyard. So let's talk about picking out puppies. You know when you go to the supermarket, you just don't pick up any cucumber and stick it in your cart. No, it's got to be a beautiful green cucumber, crisp and ripe. Many people just pick out puppies or dogs just based on how they look. But shouldn't you ask yourself what personality traits you'd most like to see in a puppy? And whether or not you want a smart dog. The best way to gauge a puppy's intelligence is to observe him. Puppies have very short attention spans. They can't focus very long on anything. Kind of like guys when you're talking about your relationship. They're on to the next thing before you can snap your finger. So if you observe a puppy that can focus for 10-15 seconds on an object or anything, that's a great sign of intelligence. Also, watch how the puppy interacts with the other puppies. Does he leave the pack occasionally, go off on his own to explore? Or does he always cling tightly to the group? When he plays, is he dominant or is he submissive? And watch how his mother corrects him when she doesn't like the behavior, usually grabbing him by the neck with her teeth or pushing him down to the ground. That's another important thing to observe, how a mother corrects bad behavior in her pups. You're going to be doing a lot of correcting when you bring your puppy home. Okay, so to be prepared for your first night, your dog is going to wail and whine all night long. My wife wanted me to return him the next day. He's away from his mother and his litter mates for the first time. He's scared. He's in a strange environment, and he's calling out to them, and more than likely, he'll do it for a week or two. Do yourself a favor and get a crate, and we'll be talking about crate and potty training next time. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. Take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Let's head back to the phones toll-free and from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I have a question for Dr. Debbie, too. (laughs) What's your question? Go ahead. My question is, I have Lucy, who is a rescue, was a a breeder's mess, and has never been adopted, except by my family, which is like, okay, if nobody else wants you, Lucy, we are going to keep you forever and make you really happy. And Lucy had come into the rescue as a starved dog. And so she's always been, you know, love, love, loved her food. The last couple of weeks, she's kind of been off her food. And Ooh. if you, I mean, we give her her pills and cheese. And now she's like, 
No, I just don't think I want that. She'll actually turn her nose up to Ooh. treats and things that we're using to try and entice her to She'll eat. Turn her nose up to and cheese? That, I know, <laughs> if you can believe that. And I talked to an animal communicator friend this morning because, you know, I will do anything to find out what's wrong with my babies. She's already been to the vet twice, though, Dr. Debbie. Okay. And um, they did reveal, the test revealed some increased proteins. Uh, her albumin count is a little high. Mm-hmm. And... The animal communicator said it's something with her pancreas. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and, and the thing is, I think my bottom line is that I cannot get her to eat unless she's got Pepsid on board. Hmm, okay. Well, I mean, it does make me think of things like pancreatitis, but also uh, food intolerances or food allergies. It can actually cause a pet to have a disinterest in food. Sometimes they'll have vomiting, gas, bloating, um, diarrhea, but sometimes it's as simple as just not wanting to eat. So um, switching the diet to um, a diet geared towards a food allergy would be one thing. Now, if her blood work was normal, there still can be pancreatitis. So if I am suspicious of that, I will actually order up a, a separate test and it's called a PLI. Um, it's okay. a pancreatic-like immunoreactivity. <laughs> um, but it actually gives us a picture sometimes when the regular pancreas tests on standard blood work, when those don't reflect pancreatitis. So that might be one thing you can ask your veterinarian to test for. It's a fasted test, so you got to make sure she's not eating for 12 hours. But there are pets with that's positive, then we know, okay, instead of a food allergy approach, we need to do more of a low-fat pancreatitis-type diet, and that might be the better way to approach things. Well, she was on a raw diet, and now, you know, we she just kind of like started yeah, kind of being blah about any kind of food. And once we had the Pepsi dinner, she was okay to eat after about an hour. And she only threw up one day out of this two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. it was and just- a raw diet isn't a low fat diet. So that's not the same thing. So that's just a different kind of trend in food. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, if you trust your communicator, so maybe friend, try a limited ingredient diet. That's for, yeah, for a food allergy type approach. Um, okay. But, uh, she has a sister bulldog who has pancreatitis, so maybe we can um, consolidate some foods here. What would you yeah. try, Doc? I would just say, you know, if you if you trust your friend, the communicator, then I would I'd like to have evidence, so I would definitely recommend having that test done. See if I'm that's going the case. to. Thank you for that. That the PLI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a canine-specific one. Um, the other thing is if we thought we were more sick, you see, you can often pick up pancreatitis on an ultrasound as well. But um, I'd say she's doing fine. Otherwise, I'd just do the blood test to start with. God bless you. Thank you so much. There you go. Didn't even make you have to call the phone number to, to get in and talk to Dr. Debbie today. Or you can ask your questions directly on the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And we'll go back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. A beautiful day across the country. We're going to take our animals outside today. In fact, I'm going to finish a, a project that I have in the backyard. I'm putting in some of that fake grass. We have a drought here in California. Oh, yeah. And so I'm putting in the fake grass, and I don't know if it's going to be good or, or bad for the dogs. Yeah, you know, I get a lot of questions about that. And uh, it's becoming, you know, in our area, drought is a, a concern as well. And, you know, there are some cautions that I always tell folks, um, and, and not everyone encounters this, but um, in areas where there's a lot of intense sun, you you can certainly this stuff gets hot. It gets really hot. Oh, the grass does the fake grass. Yes, Ooh, didn't think about so, that. Yeah, so you know you don't want to you know, counter your efforts at you know hosing it down with water because you're trying to you know, <laughs> conserve water. But maybe looking at your shade situation if you need a st- shade structure in that area, um, something so that um, it a doesn't deter tree? your pet. A, well, a tree or well, a fake tree. Sure, you got fake grass. Put up a fake tree. 
Yeah, or, you know, a slatted, you know, one of those little patio covers, things like that. Or, you know, at our office, we even have one of the little, like, the kid uh, playground covers that we put over the dog walking area so it stays in the shade so it's cooler on their feet. Um, but, yeah, heat, heat is the big thing. And then in a lot of dogs, if you have a lot of animals using this area repeatedly, you can have a big odor problem when it comes to the Ooh. urine. Oh, I didn't think about that. Well, they that. put drainage in it. Yeah. Yes, so the drainage is a big thing. Um, and then also I do advise folks to uh, use some different disinfectants and deodorizers that you can oh, use wow. um, just to help stay on top of it so it's not something that gets too toxic. All of this stuff I hadn't <laughs> thought about at all. No. Maybe I won't far finish. Maybe I'll hey, it's a responsible thing to do for the planet. It's just, you know, make sure that you can anticipate, you know, whether you might have problems with the intense sunlight and the heat. And just so your pet doesn't. I saw Nikki the other day. She was pooping on the rocks. And I'm like, why are you doing it? I know you're going to have hot feet in just a minute. And she was pooping. And it was just like she was doing like the like the uh, uh, dance of uh, walking <laughs> on the coals. Oh. And I was like, oh, you should have just gone in the shaded area, but she chose right in the hot sun in 112 degree heat. <laughs> uh, let's head back to the phones for your calls. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. I am the family dog. And it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family. And we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away. Especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And this hour, James Giuliani will be joining us uh, once again, his second appearance on Animal Radio. Bad dude. Well, not a bad dude anymore. He was a real bad dude. Hung out with James Gotti, worked with the mob, addicted all kinds of drugs, did time in the yeah, he can. Was, he was in, uh, oh, I forget what prison that was. Uh, but but uh, he's reformed. He's seen the way, right? He has seen the way. And you know what did it? A dog. That's, of course. Of course. Oh, wow. So I guess that's not a surprise to us at all. But no. uh, What a great story, though. He'll tell us all about it in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori working hard over there in the news newsroom, and I wanted to say something. You brought Lucy in last week and this week, and Lucy, I got, I wasn't going to say this last week, <laughs> but Lucy had some horrendous breath on her, and I was thinking, you know, yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> in, in fact, I, I'm sorry. I, I was hoping that uh, you wouldn't notice, although it is pretty bad. I think it could drop an elephant. Um, but I, it's changed. It's better. This it's week? better this week, Hal. Are you brushing you, her teeth or what? What's different? Yeah, yeah I want to know. I'm, I wanted to share this with you, too, because don't you love it when you find a product that works? Um, and this is not a paid endorsement or anything. This is honest. I went to my local pet food store, and um, they recommended Aunt Jenny's probiotics. Oh, a probiotic. And my vet had said that that might help her, her condition of, you know, not, not having such hard stools. And, um, and... Her breath is a thousand times better, don't you think? Really? That's the same stuff in yogurt, right? 
probiotics? Yes, yeah, similar. Yeah, like different, different types of cultures of bacteria, but the same concept, yeah. So how does that work, Doc? Well, so number one cause of bad breath tends to be periodontal disease, dental problems. Uh But there are other causes of bad breath, and among them are digestive disorders. So problems with the gut, and this might be problems with pancreas. It might be inflammatory bowel disease. We might have types of infections. Um, So, yeah, the probiotic can help. It may not eliminate the underlying problem, but um, it can help to alleviate some of the symptoms um, and as well as the improving the breath look at this you guys you you know how bad her breath was yeah i'm gonna lucy come here let me kiss you honey oh oh, oh god oh. <laughs> oh, no tongues. really you couldn't get that close to her before so i'm loving it that is awesome how that worked and i would imagine that with younger dogs that are less prone to periodontal disease that if they have bad breath it's more likely to be something like that It's definitely, yeah, it's more of concern if we can't find an an obvious um, cause of a dental or of the odor. But yeah, so and I guess, you know, this kind of going back to what we know about Lucy and her digestive issues, it's just another Mm kind of notch in the diagnosis that she's got something going on there, girl. Yep. It sounds like it. Thank you, Dr. Debbie. There you go. And you can, I think you can get probiotics pretty much at any pet store. I know there's probably several different brands. I can't speak to any of the brands, but. uh, Yeah. And you know, the thing I like to mention, everyone says, can I just give yogurt? And believe it or not, a good majority of dogs and cats are lactose intolerant. Once they become adults, they lack the enzyme to digest the lactose. So you don't want to try to give them a whole bucket of uh, yogurt. It's better to find a canine and or feline uh, probiotic. That's approved for them. Good to know. Good to know. Good I, point, yeah. I used to give my cats yogurt. They loved yeah. it all the time. They'd get big time gas. Uh, so you ready to go to the phones? Let's yeah, do this. let's do that. You can ask the Dream Team your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Uh, let's go to Susie. Hey, Susie. How are you doing? Hi. I am very well, thank you. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling on the behalf of my daughter, who actually lives in Yonkers, New York. She has two dogs. One is a medium-sized, about 50-pound black lab mix. Uh The other is a 15-pound American Eskimo Mini. And she had two incidences while she was walking her dogs on leash of the dogs being... The the black lab was attacked by a dog, and she tried to separate them and managed to get a little bitten, but she went Mm, to a doctor and she's fine, but... On another incident, um, that dog had originally pulled off the leash, I guess, from the owner. It was trailing a leash, but it uh, was free. And then she was walking both her dogs on leash in a park, and a large pit bull broke the chain that it was wearing. It was chained to something, mm. and it came racing across and picked up the little white dog and shook it and threw the dog. And my yes. daughter grabbed that dog. Her black lab went over to the little dog to care of it. They're sisters. They're both female. And then uh, the owners came in, and the second time, the dog came chasing and, uh, and was friendly, except for picking up the dog and throwing it. My daughter actually interpreted it. The dog thought it was a toy because she was so little. I don't know what the story is other than what's, what the result of all of this now is that the black lab is, has become, gone from being an incredibly friendly, eager-to-meet-new-dogs, playful dog spending time in dog parks, going to work with my daughter when she was a year working in a doggy daycare center. Now mm-hmm. she can't take this dog for a walk. If she yeah. sees another dog, she gets, starts lunging, um, pulling, and barking. Um, 
and she feels okay when she's with my daughter one-on-one meeting a new dog in a backyard or at a friend's home but on the leash she's become incredibly aggressive mm-hmm. and okay not not un, unexpected with this kind of situation. It's just, what a horrible, horrible experience for everyone involved, human and um, canine here. And, and this is unfortunately one of the results that we can see from you know a single even single attack um, of a dog uh, upon your own pet. Um, but with two episodes, we've had two very intense, very fearful, emotional episodes that are setting a pattern for behavior for here forward. And it, and it is, you can see the, the context in which the dog is having this behavior. So we're now aggressive whenever we're on a leash, whenever we're out, but she's okay in situations of friendly backyard scenarios. So, so there is definitely different triggers that she senses the difference with that. And I think that's the important thing that we, we need to recognize and to work with. This can be difficult because there is such a strong emotional uh, trigger with us. So there can be fear, anxiety, territorial uh, feelings um, in which the pet is feeling that in that situation, that's now I, how I have to behave. So the trick with dealing with this is to really remove all the variables that we can. And that means for the time being, this Labrador cannot go out on group walks in the group scenarios. Um, we just can't control all those different factors. Um, but what it does mean is that we need to work one-on-one and basically retrain the dog to different situations. And the first thing we need to do is, I'm going to mean back up from there. So we're going to only control the dog and work with the dog when we know we won't encounter um, unusual uh, triggers. So we're going to not go to those group parks. If we have to go to the park to go potty because, you know, of the housing arrangement, then we're going to do that at a time when there's no other dogs around and just really minimize that kind of exposure. And separate dog walking times um, because there can be that sense of protectiveness um, for the other dog after, you know, being witness to that attack. And then at home, we're going to start basically with relearning how we are going to behave on a leash when we are faced with a scary situation. And this gets back to really teaching your dog focus and teaching them to direct their attention to you. And we have to practice this first in a home environment without a lot of uh, stimuli, things that are going to get your dog worked up. But we're basically going to use food, a very great food reward, and use that um, as a way to show your dog how you want them to behave with a verbal command. And that may be, for me, I use the watch me command. For some people, it's here. Um, you can make up any kind of word. Um, but basically, when your dog, and you're going to sit around and watch your dog, and when they're just glancing at you casually around the house, you use your word. You say, watch me, and then you give the treat. And you're going to basically capture that behavior and train your dog that whenever they're looking at you and making eye contact, you're going to give them a reward. And that's what you're going to build upon when you get out and you have that behavior reliably enough, then you can go out and into a, um, a public situation. And you want to still do this cautiously where you're not going to have a lot of fearful, aggressive dogs um, off-leash or where you can't really control your comings and goings. So you don't want to be cornered into any kind of narrow areas. But say, you know, 50 yards away you see a dog. And as long as your dog is not re- behaving in an anxious, fearful, or aggressive way, you can reward them. So you see their behaviors, they're calm, quiet. You can even ask them for a sit. 
give the reward. And then if you start to get too close with time, you practice this and you practice that focus command, you can gradually shorten that distance. But if you sense that they're becoming fearful, the tail is down, the ears are back, um, or you start to hear barking or uh, audible signs that they're uncomfortable with the situation, you've gone too far and you need to, in the future, use a longer distance. And with time, that's how you work them to getting accustomed to being near another dog without being anxious and worked up and then you gradually like i said shorten that distance with time it takes a lot of work um, and you do have to really control what dogs you're around and the behavior of the humans and if you cannot control it then you turn it hightail it and you confidently walk in an opposite direction okie dokie thank you so much hey thanks for for your call Susie. we appreciate it uh, listening on weeu in Reading, pennsylvania great station We've actually been on that station for over a decade now. And remember, you can ask your questions also through the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Great app to have. It also has a lot of resources and uh, the latest recalls and information you need to know that really affect your pet. Alan Cable, it's time now for you and your dog. Want to hear that? Yeah. Who's the cute fuzzy little... Who's got the fuzzy... <laughs> who's got the cute little fuzzy... Oh, your nose is so wet. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it... No, off, off, off the tape, off the table. Good baby. You want to treat mommy loves you? Mommy loves you. <laughs> no, I'm going to scratch the special spot on your tummy to make your little leg kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love yeah, that part. And now Times Animals Interrupted News Reports. Here's a kitty that decided to jump on the news person's shoulder while she reporting. Oh my goodness. That's a way to start a Thursday, Nicole. Here's a weather guy at the zoo in Australia when a pelican decides to bite him on the bottom. The anchor guy says, do you love it? Let me get do you love it? Mentally <laughs> This is Animal Radio, baby. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hi, this is Joyce Hewitt on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Don't you know it's Animal Radio? Where we're celebrating the connection with your pets. Uh, coming up this Wednesday for for our big Wacky Wednesday contest over at Facebook, we'll be giving away some big-time prizes for your Wacky Pet pictures. All you have to do is upload them to our Facebook page, and the most likes, the most shares, we'll pick up 
They get one of the bark boxes. Oh, the bark. Is this the... Uh... Yes, we've gotten those before. Those are awesome. Oh, a, yes. They are. They have like a monthly subscription or a year you get one a box a month. And what they do is they create it particularly for your dog. So they'll if you have a large dog, it'll have large dog toys. If you have a small dog, it'll be created for the small dog. So it's toys and treats? It's toys. It's treats, chews. It's just all kinds of good stuff. And it's like Christmas because you never know what you're going to get. You just open it up and it's awesome. That's a prize I'd like to win, actually, but yeah. I can't. I'm, I'm not eligible for that. But you got to make you got to make sure that you get to the mail before your dog does. <laughs> the rest of your mail. That's for good sure. point. Uh, so uh, go upload your pictures this Wednesday for Wacky Wednesday. Lori Brooks working in the newsroom just around the corner from James Giuliani. It's spelled Giuliani. But it's, it's pronounced Giuliani. 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 Yes. For his second appearance here on Animal Radio. Did I pronounce it the right right the first time he was on Animal Radio? I hope so. He didn't come after you, so you might have. Okay. I like got him. Right. I'm excited to hear from him again. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Rick. Hey, Rick. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> where, are you, where are you today? I'm in Kentucky right now. I'm a truck driver, and, and um, I'm on my way to North Carolina. Do you travel with your pet? Oh yes, yeah. He's he's here. I I just stopped for the day, so he's he's looking around trying to see people in the truck stop. <laughs> He'll oh. probably bark here in a minute when somebody gets close. <laughs> is he is he okay? Is he healthy? Is there something wrong? I'm kind of yeah. Well, he he is he's really is healthy, but I, I, we're having some problems with his ears. Um, just occasionally, I guess cockers are. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well known. It's like the sticker that they don't advertise on that sticker when you buy the <laughs> ear problem. So what do you have going on with the ears? Well, um, I, it, it's sort of a, a chronic condition that, um, you know, it, it, he'll shake his head and it, it has sort of an odor. Um, and I've, I've, he, he gets it about maybe every six months. And what I have some, uh, oh, Zymox, is that what it's called? Um, it's a uh, eardrops that I put in. I uh, mm-hmm. got it from the vets, and and um, you know it clears it up right away. But I was wondering if there was anything that I could do that would kind of um, prevent it from coming back. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And you know, I'd say the the two first things that I would say is that the most common problems with ear infections are that we just don't quite do everything we can to handle those. So the first thing that I would say is that we always want to make sure we treat aggressively. So sometimes that might mean more than just a topical. And um, it's hard to know in your doggy's particular situation, but um, I'm a real fan of taking a sample of the goo in the ears, looking at uh-huh. under the microscope, and seeing what we got. Because a lot of times we can have a double power, if you will, if we hit with a oral medication as well as putting drops in the ears. Because if there's a lot of swelling or garbage in those ears, you know, drops can only sometimes take us so far. So that would be my first suggestion is really treat this aggressively. Find out if we need an antifungal orally, an antibiotic, sometimes steroids. I know we were just talking about that, but sometimes that can be helpful, um, especially if there's allergies that are playing a role. And then the other thing I'd say is uh, the number two problem we have with ear infections is that we don't treat long enough. Um, so yeah. I would encourage you when you're treating with that ear medicine to make sure you follow up with your veterinarian, have them stick that cone down that ear and give you the green light, the thumbs up that you're done and over and you've, you've treated effectively to the end of that infection. Cause 
what we see on the outside is only just a third of what's really going on deep in that ear canal. So as pet owners, we kind of look and say, ah, it looks good. We treated it, but it could still be brewing down there. And that can go on weeks or even months. So um, those would be my first two bits of advice for you there. Um, but beyond that, um, as far as staying on top of ear infections, you can do a lot. So say you did all that, you got the end of the ear infection, the vet says, you're good to go. Um, what can you do from there? And a couple things. One would be I definitely like to use an ear wash product on a regular basis. And that that basically is what it sounds like. You squeeze it in the ears. It fills the ear canal. You massage and let him shake it, shake his ears afterwards, and you clean. And we use a wash because dogs' ears are really deep compared to ours, and it's hard uh-huh. to treat that inner ear canal all that way. So that would be one thing. And then the other thing is cocker spaniels, you know, ear infections can be related to allergies. So getting on a hypoallergenic diet might be one other way we can get ahead of a tendency towards ear infections. And there's a lot of different ways we can do that. But those would be some suggestions that I'd have for you there, Rick. Okay. I'd, I'd never, I didn't know about the ear wash. That was, that's a good one. And, um, yeah, he, he really has only had it a couple of times, but there. It's just been within the last year, and, and maybe that it didn't clear up completely. But it was about a six-month interval between when I noticed it. Uh-huh. So, um, it, yeah. it seemed to be cleared up pretty good, you know. So. Yeah, well, get yourself armed with some regular cleaning agents and stay away from powders. If you talk to groomers, groomers want to sell you powders to put in the ear. Ugh, I hate them because all they do is cake yeah. up that ear with debris. So uh, talk to your veterinarian about a good just cleaning wash, one that will be a pH balance for the ear canal, and, and see if that gives you some help there. Thanks so much for your call, Rick. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Tanya Tucker on Animal Radio. Love those pets. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets. Joey Volani is out sick today. A golfing accident, 
something with the ball washer. That's all we know right now. Uh, hopefully he'll be back <laughs> next week. But that's okay. I don't mind because today we have James Giuliani joining us. He's This is his second time on Animal Radio. The first time we had him on was, uh, oh, I can't remember, but it was uh, about his pet boutique, the Diamond Collar, and now he has a book out. Welcome, sir. How are you doing? I'm good, baby. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for calling in today. Tell our listeners that that have never heard about you a little bit about your drug-addicted ex-con, virgin-suicide life you had. Whoa. All right. Well, uh, it started at a very young age, and I started hanging out in all the clubs. I hung out with a gang called 112 in Richmond, Queens, and worked my way up to hanging out with the Gotties. Wow. And our friend's social club, Bergen Hunt Fish Club, Ozone Park, Queens. And after 14, 15 years of that, I became uh, just, you know, dependent on drugs and alcohol, robbing people, just making a mess of myself. And um, basically, I was going to go pop myself in the head at the beach. I guess God did not want that to happen to me that day. So um, he sent some girls over to talk me out of it. And that's how I ended up meeting uh, the love of my life, Lena Pirelli. Wow. Was she some kind of a rescue mission or something? Or Well, no. What happened was it was... Um, you know, they, they gave me the girl's number. I didn't call her. Lena actually called me because the girls took my number also. And I moved to Brooklyn, and um, I came to Brooklyn because I figured, hey, it's open, you know, open territory. I can start doing my drug dealing here because I burned every bridge in Queens. You know, I mean, I was robbing my friends after a while. It just got to a point where, wow. you know, I didn't care anymore. Wow. And then, um, you know, Lena was, a, was an animal lover, and I couldn't stand it. Uh, I, was, I figured I was going to change her. You know, don't worry, give me a month, these animals will be out. And, um, <laughs> you know, and it turned out that, uh, you know, she, she pushed me on to a dog that was dying in the street. And that was the love of my life. Uh, to this day, he's the love of my life. His name was Bruno. And, um, you know, uh, Bruno, you know, uh, died on me after a month of me uh, taking him off the street, wow. making him my best friend. And that uh, just changed my life. Um, I've been sober ever since. I haven't picked up a drug. I haven't sold a drug. I've been, uh, you know, just pounding on. Um, I opened up my own cageless rescue in Brooklyn. I have 42 animals uh, in my rescue um, that I, um, I'm actually here right now. We're, we're actually in the rescue right now. And, um, you know, I just work really hard with them, and I just want to give my life to them now, and that's it. You know, enough of the selfish bullshit. Did you, language, but. did you have any uh, pets growing up as a child? Yeah, I did, but you want to know something? Ask me what they look like. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, well, you know what? That's the same with me. They were me. in the backyard. They weren't a part of the they family. They weren't, weren't a part of the family or a part of your life, or you were probably fighting them. Well, no, I didn't want them. I didn't, I didn't want them around. I, you know, listen to me. An animal to me was, was nothing. You know, um, I lived a very selfish life. You've got to remember something. If it didn't benefit James, James didn't want it. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's basically the way James lived his life. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, it just took a little dog to change my life, and that, that's the freaky thing. You know, I... Lost two brothers who were younger than me. I lost my mother and my father, both at young ages. And, um, you know, nothing could make me, uh, you know, turn, turn over. Nothing could make me stop. Uh-huh. You know, I was a train going right to the wall. And, you know, and it all it took was just a lick on the face from um, a dying young dog. And, uh, you know, to this day, I, I mean, I'm so grateful to, because I would have been dead. If, if, uh, if, if I wouldn't have been having coffee... Uh, that morning with my wife, and she wouldn't have directed me to something on the ground and made me pick it up and made me bring it to the vet, um, I would not be here to tell the story, you know? And, uh, you know, my book, um, that's, what the, that's what the book is about. The book is about, listen, you could be, you know, 14 or 40. Uh, don't, don't think you can't change. You know, I had my, um, my turnover when I was 38. 
it's never too late to go help animals. It's never too, never too late. And, you know, that's what the whole book's about. It's about redemption. It's about, listen, you can change. If I change from a gun in my hand, you know, um, a dollar bill rolled up with Coke in my nose one day to, you know, cleaning litter pans the next. <laughs> you, you understand? It, it's, anybody can do this. Yeah. You know, anybody can, anybody, and I'm not saying to my extent. Sure. You know, I'm not saying, you know, you have to go out and take in 72 animals like I have. I have 42 in my shelter. I have 30 in my house. I wow. have four in my store. Yeah. You know, open hey, is there one kind of fish. animal that maybe you rescue more than others? Because I know that with uh, NYC ACC there, the New York City Shelter System, yeah. there's a lot of difficulties for the pit bulls there. Well, well, you know what it is, sweetie? Um, I take in everything. Um, I'm a big advocate uh, on if don't come to me and tell me that you only rescue pit bulls. Don't come to me and tell me you you only rescue Yorkies. Um, no. The, the definition of rescue is what? Anything that needs your help. So I do cats more than dogs actually now because now summertime, we have tons of kittens. We have tons of cats running in the streets in Brooklyn. We have, we, I mean, colonies of cats starving, getting hit by cars, getting poisoned. So right now, James is cat man more than dog man because the cats are first. They need it now, uh-huh. you know? Um, you know, hey, listen, it's the old thing. You scream puppy, 20,000 people show up. You scream cat, you step over the cat to look for the puppy. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I, I don't believe in that. I, I Last, uh, what, two weeks ago, I took seven birds. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big bird freak, too. I, anything. I, I've, over the years, every um, Easter, I get stuck with um, about 20, 30 ducks. Because <laughs> every bird goes gets the chick for uh-huh. Easter. They think it's cute. And then they call me up, James, it's too big, it's pooping all over the house, Can please pick it up. I come take it and I bring him out to Jersey, you know, put him on the lakes. Wow. You know, um, I give them a life, like my Kino, my place is called Kino's Animal Rescue. Um, nobody lives in a cage here. I have uh, pit bulls, mastiffs, American bulldogs, chihuahuas, kittens, full-grown cats. Um, everybody lives out in the open. Um, I've been doing this for two and a half years now. I was told it couldn't be done, and that, that's the best thing I love when people tell me I can't do something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we are with former mobster turned animal advocate, James Giuliani. And I can tell this is going to be a two-breaker, so stick around. We'll be back with more Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, you know, we love to share all the benefits that come to humans who share their lives with their pets. So check this out. Research published in the journal Activities, Adaptation and Aging calls for increased understanding about older adults and the current barriers which limit elderly people's chances to own a pet. Medical problems that arise with older adults, like, you know, physical illness and even some emotional issues in older age, have the potential to be lessened by companionship of pets because we know animals reduce social isolation and enhance physical activity for most of us. But illnesses on the animal's parts that are often associated with aging, ranging from arthritis to diabetes, kind of make it hard, even impossible sometimes, for older adults to provide routine care for their pets. So there uh, are many groups out there now that are working on ways to solve these problems. And financial barriers, that's another issue that older pet owners face. But the author of the study is an animal-loving Jerry 
geriatric social work researcher who says he's always been interested in finding creative yet cost-effective ways to improve the lives and well-being of older adults and pets and helping older adults to adopt shelter pets is working for them on many, many levels. It's kind of a happy ending or towards that for everybody. I'm Lori Brooks. Be sure to get more breaking animal news whenever you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. It's Animal Radio, and we are with former mobster James Giuliani, who left the mob to open up an animal rescue. Well, with all due respect, how do you get out of the mob? Yeah, do you? Walked away. I'm still friends. You see, I didn't get out of anything. I, I just switched over. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still James. I still have my same friends. You know, yeah. um, I still see them. I still go to the club. I still have my, my espressos every day with my friends. You know, what they do is their business. What I do is mine. I just redirected my business. Do any of so, them help you with the animals? Of course, 100%. Do you know how good of an influence that is when I go to a family who are abusing an animal and they, they, they want to give me some tough, you know, attitude? Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, you know, hey, listen, no. Hand it over to him. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know he knew you. Okay, I'm sorry. Do you understand how much that helps me in retrieving the animals that I get? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm just not showing up there, you know, little little Andy Griffith knocking on the door saying, give me the dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm showing up there, you know, with the street smarts and the background. Uh And they know that. So when I go there, I'm taken seriously. I bet. You You know what? I don't think anyone would fool around with you. They, I you think, I don't want them to. I just know it is. Listen, I'm not. I, I don't want to be a tough guy. Yeah. You know, if I still want to be a tough guy, I'd be on the street. But you know something, and I tell this to people all the time. I'm like, get into animal rescue. It's worse than the mafia ever was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> there can be some drama, can't there? Yeah. No, it's it's insanity, and, these, yeah. and I try to enlighten people and. You know, I'm trying to get the word out there. I'm trying to tell people, listen, this is the deal. You can do anything you want. All I'm asking you to do is put a little water in the yard in the summertime. For anything, for raccoons, for anything, so they can have a little water. You know, this was their world before it was ours. We're building them out of their world. You understand? And it's not fair to them. And I'm not saying you have to be an animal freak. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just don't abuse them. Don't chase them. Don't throw rocks at them. Don't put the poison out because they're, they're going to eat your tomato plants. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen up. Whenever we talk about something on Animal Radio, it's because we use that product and we're happy about it and we want to share it with you. And that's why I share WizSmart. So here's the difference. If you use pee pads, you know that those thin, cheap pee pads always leak. They leave a wet mess behind your dog walks in, it tracks it all over the house. That is not the case with WizSmart's pee pads. Our stunt studio dog, Pixel, has been uh, using them actually since uh, since day one. They're ultra thick. They work overtime up to 24 hours. They, they hold eight cups of, uh, well, whatever you want to pour on it. <laughs> they have a leak-proof design, and they use upcycled materials from deconstructed unused diapers. And let's not forget about the sticky tabs. On all four corners, they have these sticky tabs. And what you can do is you can stick them to the floor. 
so they don't move around. Or you can take them for your little male puppy and stick it to the wall so that if your dog lifts his leg, you're fully covered. It'll absorb it right then and there. How clever is that? I know. They thought about everything. I've only had uh, female dogs, but I didn't think about that. Boy dogs pee up against the way they lift their leg. and they So this actually goes up the side of the wall. And, and you stick it. Yes. I love that. Now, you belong to one of those uh, chihuahua groups on Facebook, right? I do, and I can't tell you how many times people are asking for recommendation on pee pads because their dogs are tracking it all over. It's just leaking. They're just messy, and I'm always recommending the WizSmart puppy pads, and I tell you, people thank me. So if you belong to any groups out there, just put this out there on your group page because everyone will want to know about the WizSmart puppy pads. Yeah, spread the word. This will make a world of difference for you and your puppy. Don't take our word for it. Go over to wizsmart.com and check it out for yourself or follow them on Facebook and Instagram. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We, we're with James Giuliani. Uh, this is his second time on Animal Radio. He had, he started his life not so pleasantly, worked with the mob, uh, got involved with drugs, and even wanted to commit suicide at one time. He spent a stretch in the Riverhead Correctional Facility. Now, I see a lot of programs where they take these dogs into the correctional facilities and they have them uh, rehomed or rehabilitated, should I say. Yes. Is that yes. a great idea or what? Unbelievable idea. I think it's the best idea that they ever came up with. Did, they didn't have anything that I like that when you were there, right? No, absolutely not. You know, you, you know what it is? Um, you, you got to always remember something. Like, in my case, you know, people always ask me the same question. Why don't you help uh, blind kids or why don't you help uh, the mentally challenged ALS? And I said, it isn't that I don't want to help these people, you know, but they've got so much helping them, you know. You know, um, I needed to help something that never hurt me. You understand? Uh-huh. Um, every human I've ever came in contact with, and maybe I brought it upon myself, it was always a tragedy, no matter who it was, you know. Um, either it was a letdown or, I mean, anything, anything you can name. Um, I was always hurt at the end of it, always. Mm-hmm. You know, I picked animals. Well, animals picked me. Bruno actually picked me. And, and I think that was God just saying, listen, you're definitely not a, you're definitely not a, a person, a people guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we better direct you more towards something that needs you more, that, that way where you could be more, um, voice. Uh, what word am I looking for? You could for? be their more, voice. More useful. Yeah, more useful. Mm-hmm. Because, listen, you know, you hear the way I speak. You know, I may sound like Rocky Balboa, Andrew Dice Clay, or whatever. I've heard them all. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, imagine me pitching for ALS. It really ain't going to work too well. You know something? <laughs> when, I, when I go knock on the door, because your beagle's been out in 102-degree weather in a cage because you only use them for hunting. Let me tell you something. See this voice? His voice gets it. Yep. Yeah, yep. It gets your attention. Real quick. You got your calling, you know, man. Yeah, definitely. Everybody has their calling. Mine just happened to be the voices, you know, maybe, you know, the same for everybody. Like I said, it's, it's very hard. It's, it's, it's 15 hours a day for me. Yeah. You know, um, it has a big burnout rate for people that work in animal rescue. Sweetie, let me tell you something. I've been doing this nine years. I have two and a half years into my shelter. I'm here seven days a week. I'm here beach days. I'm here Christmas. I'm here Easter uh-huh. vacation days. And people, my vet, Dr. Panisi says, how do you do this? Yeah. Because he's ready for a street for me. I'm like, Doc, you know what it is? 
Every morning I walk in, I wake up, I'm like, ah, God, I gotta go to the rescue. I gotta get. The minute I walk in and they all run to me, let me tell you something. The smile on my face every day, you know, uh-huh. and you look at their eyes and you say, you'd be dead, you'd be dead, you'd be dead, you'd be dead if it wasn't uh-huh. for me. You know how great of a feeling that is? Awesome. Nothing. Not, there's nothing. There's no nothing. cocaine. There's no sex. There's nothing that can top that. Wow. You know, because I did it all, you know? Uh-huh. Mr. And Giuliani, my- are we, we're running out of time here, but I, I salute you for turning around your life with Bruno and I encourage anybody who thinks that they can't do it to look over at James here who has done it and I encourage you to pick up his book an awesome read I've just started it it's awesome Barnes and Noble it's everywhere everywhere I I love you guys for having me on for a second time I enjoyed it the first time I enjoyed it better the second time I think you should be a regular (laughs) we'll check in with you yeah no and listen before I before we get up please anybody who lives in the city areas. Like I said, go buy a cheap can of cat food. Open it up, put it under a car. Put it in someone's backyard. All right, that's that's rescue. You know, just just do it. You know, there's a lot of cats out there that are getting killed that are starving to death. So, please, if you could do a little bit, you want to do a little bit, that's doing a lot. Awesome. There you go. James Giuliani wow. on Thanks, Animal Radio. James. Love We're- you people. Brooklyn loves you people. Come on down, mozzarella. I got mozzarella. Whatever you want. <laughs> we got to do it. We got to do it. Hey, I'm, I'm a Jersey girl. <laughs> we'll be there. Come on. There you go, Jersey. Listen to me. End of um, August, come down. We got the uh, San Gennaro Feast, and we also got the 18th Avenue Feast. Here. Come on down. We'll have a big party. You Ooh. guys know how to well, eat. Well, I'm going to come by and, and collect a big hug. Thank you so much for all you do, James. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Doing okay. I just got a doc. I got one comment, Dr. Debbie, and two quick questions. Okay, go for okay. it. Okay. All right, Dr. Debbie, went to y'all's website. Y'all got a great website. Now, a little Frenchie that y'all voted for one of the best pets for y'all place. That's such a cute little French bulldog. I gotta be real honest with you, Steve. You know what you sound like. You remember the? I'm having a hard time here. The, the teacher and the uh, Peanuts cartoons on TV. I can barely hear you. Is there? You got one of those them there Bluetooth sets on, or what's going on? I'm in between Kingman and on my way to Las Vegas. Oh, well, that explains a lot. If you can hear me, one quick question: How do you okay. feel about giving your pets oatmeal? Oatmeal. My girlfriend every other day has been putting that in with her food. Okay. We're trying to make the dogs poop or lower their cholesterol, or what's the reason we're adding that in? Um, helping Mr. Peanut out, he's got the irritable bowels, and it really seems to help out with his booty uh, poop. Okay. You know, I, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, oatmeal is a, a, a nice carbohydrate, um, but I just would be cautious as far as watching the overall calories. Um, and, and it just gets a little touchy when we start adding things into dogs' diets. You know, sometimes we like to think we can kind of master uh, dog nutrition by just kind of doctoring up the dog, dog foods. And I'm just kind of a, a little cautious with the tendency that a lot of people have where we like to take the spoon from the human table and put it in our dog's bowl. So in general, I'm not a fan of it, but if you did a little bit of oatmeal, I can't say it'd be a problem. Be careful if it's that sugar-free oatmeal. It seems like we've had this conversation before that a lot we of it... did, Hal. You know it. <laughs> It's flown by once again. <laughs> I'm just so anxious to get on out of here and go walk the animals. Thank you so much, James Giuliani, for joining us. And thank you so much for listening today. This is Animal, Animal. Radio Network. Network.